Hi, I'm Dan Primack, and welcome to Axios Recap. Today's Wednesday, April 14th, and we're coming to you a bit early today because today is the day the cryptocurrency giant Coinbase is going public. Bitcoin, the original cryptocurrency, began life as an academic exercise by technologists who not only wanted to digitize money, but also decentralize it, uh, free it from being controlled by governments. And in the early days, it was best known for wild price fluctuations and its use in the sale of illicit goods, from guns to drugs. Today, though, Bitcoin's market cap is larger than $1 trillion, and there are lots of other cryptocurrencies with high values of their own, as both retail and institutional investors have become enamored with what the new SEC chair once called a modern form of gold. In short, it's an industry. And if you're buying and selling Bitcoin in the U.S., you're probably doing it via Coinbase, an exchange that generated more than $1 billion in revenue during just the first three months of this year. Today, Coinbase is planning to list its shares on the NASDAQ, and why that matters is this will give the entire cryptocurrency industry a Wall Street seal of legitimacy, kind of like what the Netscape IPO was for internet technology back in the late 1990s. So today we want to speak with Coinbase's president and chief operating officer, Emily Choi, about how she thinks about crypto, why Coinbase is going public today, and if we're ever going to use Bitcoin to buy a cup of coffee instead of just investing in it as an asset class. We're joined now by Emily Choi, President and Chief Operating Officer of Coinbase. Emily, let's start big picture here because you come from kind of a a tech Silicon Valley background, but not a crypto background prior to Coinbase. How do you explain cryptocurrency or, or your job to friends and family who aren't in the industry? Yeah, it's always the fun Thanksgiving table topic. Like, what exactly do you do? Um, and, and to be honest with you, Dan, it's funny in some past, uh, crypto winter cycles with the Thanksgiving table, people look at me like a little pitifully, like, oh, what, what job did you choose? Um, the reason I got into crypto is because I felt like there was this intuitive thing about the digitization of value in the same way that many years ago we saw the digitization of information with like email and and everything that we do online. And so I think this is almost this one of these things where if you think about it that simply, it's like, oh, duh, why don't, why are we still doing these physical transactions and things like that when we can be doing them digitally? You talked about Bitcoin winters or crypto winters, which is when obviously the the price goes way down and, and just like it goes up, it goes down pretty quick. Coinbase is nearly nine years old, I guess nine years uh, this June. Why go public now as opposed to a year ago or a year from now? We had, I think, a bunch of criteria that made us feel like we were in the right place. First and foremost, the team felt like we we finally had that executive team where we all get together. We feel like we have a rhythm. We feel like we have the right pieces of the puzzle. We're building the company that we feel has the foundation to scale and then, you know, we felt like we had kind of the the durability of the products and the financial situation to, to be in this position. Bitcoin, which is the, the majority of current trading on Coinbase, has obviously kind of been on a bull run for, for quite some time now. And, and there's this feeling that, OK, Bitcoin's doing very well. That's one of the reasons why Coinbase is going to not just succeed in this public listing, but is going to do well for a while. More and more people get into crypto. The flip side of that seems to be more people get into crypto, the more commoditized trading becomes and the less important Coinbase becomes. How do you address that second point? 
The reason that I joined Coinbase is because we're a platform for crypto. We're thrilled about Bitcoin. We're all in on Bitcoin. The whole reason that this company was founded was on Bitcoin. But crypto is bigger than just Bitcoin, and we strive to support every legitimate cryptocurrency in the market. In Q1 alone, we added 18 new assets. And so we have, I think, more than 100 assets at this point that we support. And I I think that we disclosed in our S1, Bitcoin was 44% of our transaction revenue. So I think that's that's the most startling fact that I think when investors have kind of looked at us, they're like, oh, it's not just Bitcoin, it's, it's crypto assets generally. Do you believe that some other cryptocurrency, whether it be Ether or maybe something smaller, newer, could ever rival Bitcoin in terms of market cap? See, that's the cool thing about our our whole platform. If you think about it like the App Store, Apple built the App Store. They didn't necessarily know which apps were going to take off. They didn't know what what even what verticals might take off. They didn't know if it was going to be gaming, messaging, whatever. But they built the infrastructure to support whatever assets existed and were going to be popular. And I think of it the same way. I don't have an opinion on one asset versus another. I have an opinion that the platform that supports all of them in the best way is going to win. That I understand, but I just but when Apple created the App Store, there wasn't a dominant app that was already there when Apple created the App Store, and then you know other things came out. I mean, could could you imagine another cryptocurrency at some point rivaling Bitcoin? I actually don't know. Like, I think that's the cool part of it. That's actually what I like about this whole segment. Bitcoin is going to be huge. It already is huge. It's going to be huge. There's going to be other assets that are going to be huge as well. In terms of what their relative composition will be, that's what the market will tell us. How do you address what, what's kind of the the primary criticism, I guess you could say, of cryptocurrency, which is that the value does fluctuate so much and that while it could be a good investment or an interesting investment, as an actual store of value as a currency, it just doesn't work? You know, I think when you go through these different tech, technology phases, you see volatility, right? It, it's almost like a feature, not a bug in many ways, because it's just as this as these nascent kind of technologies gain steam, there's going to be a lot of volatility and you have to get used to that. Ultimately, if you look at this over longer term trajectories, you know, we've seen this with Bitcoin, it appreciates over time. If you look at the the kind of the smaller short term cycles, they will look highly volatile when you look at it over a longer term. And that's that's when we talk to employees, when we talk to investors, whatever. You shouldn't be in this if you're not looking at the long-term path. That That's the bottom line. You talked about Coinbase being a platform that enables lots of different sorts of transactions and things. One of those uh, is institutions to be able to buy Bitcoin. The, the big notable headline from a month or two ago was Tesla buying a lot of Bitcoin, putting it on its balance sheet. Do you believe that corporate America in general is going to start putting cryptocurrency on its balance sheets, just like it currently keeps cash on its balance sheet? Absolutely. This is a conversation we're having with treasury folks and CFOs at kind of the most forward-looking companies, and we think they're going to lead the market in the way that they're looking at diversifying the assets that they hold um, on their corporate treasuries. And Bitcoin and other crypto assets are a great way for them to have something that helps diversify their, their portfolio. So yes, like we're, we're 100% seeing that trend. And you're convinced you're going to see that trend beyond kind of tech and financial companies? As with many things, we'll see tech leading the way. And then other CFOs, I think, getting more and more comfortable with this prospect of having some portion, some increasing proportion of their assets in crypto. Coinbase is the largest crypto exchange in the U.S. I I hear from crypto people in the U.S. a lot, frustration with U.S. regulators, with the U.S. government, just not feeling that we have gotten a handle on things as quickly as some other countries have. 
Are you concerned? Is the U.S. at risk of being left behind in the future of crypto because we've been a bit slow on the ball when it comes to regulation? I think that the U.S. government is is getting very smart very quickly that we need to be encouraging innovation and not over-regulating or wrongly regulating crypto. Brian and Fred, our, our co-founders, very early leaned into kind of helping regulators understand crypto. And we have a lot more work to do there. But in general, we want all this activity to flourish here too, right? And so um, in short, we're working very hard to help folks understand the benefits of crypto so that all, all of that stuff happens here. We, we think that there's a big opportunity for the government to understand that. There have been lots of people who have gotten into crypto investing in the past year, particularly as the price has been appreciating. Do you believe that crypto is going to become something that ordinary average Americans invest in for the long term? Or do you think it is going to remain kind of still fairly a niche kind of a, not all Americans invest at all? So do you believe it's going to become a dominant thing or is it going to be a niche of a niche? <laughs> I remember back in 2003 when like people were using Macs and, and you're, you know, I'm thinking to myself, why aren't you using a PC? I don't get it. I think it's kind of like that. I, I, I think it's one of those things where you see the benefits of it. And yes, there's a lot of UI improvements to be done and all that kind of stuff. But over time, it becomes obvious that there's just so many benefits to using crypto. Things like it's 24-7. There's, there's so many dynamic things that you can do when it's digital and it's programmable. And so the answer is yes. Like, I think everybody's going to be using it. What the time span is for that, we don't know. You think everyone's going to be using it. So you do think there's a time, th there'll be a moment in either my lifetime or my kid's lifetime when we'll go to get our cup of coffee and we're going to use cryptocurrency as opposed to either actual cash or a digital dollar. Yeah. And, and Dan, just to be clear, I think today the, the use case of going to Starbucks or, or whatever is, is well solved by the existing solutions. So right now, crypto is solving for things where, where they can be like 10 to 100x better than the existing thing. Right now, crypto is not better than the existing thing for buying a coffee. What it is better for is some of these things like, you know, edge cases with respect to large bulky financial transactions that are global, for example, remittances or things like that that can, can be kind of clunky. Over time, as, as we continue to solve more and more of those use cases, that that Starbucks transaction or whatever will be solved by crypto. But right now, that's not the focus. Emily, you guys are going public via direct listing rather than a traditional IPO or a SPAC. And I assume SPACs uh, have been calling nonstop for the last year. Why do a direct listing? It's, it's exactly in the spirit and ethos of crypto. It's like, let the market determine what the, what the price should be without intermediaries or anything like that as you as you've probably kind of been intimately familiar with this idea of like the pop and all that kind of stuff like we just want the market to decide what the fair value is and we don't want to have any of that kind of human interaction interfering with it final question for you and this is probably in your uh, coo role at coinbase uh Company is going to start trading at some point. A lot of your employees, particularly those who have stock, are going to be uh, probably thinking at least about refreshing their phones over and over to watch the price and see what happens with it. What is your message today to Coinbase employees? Jeff Weiner always said, people focus on the wedding. It's the marriage that, that counts, and the marriage has nothing to do with the wedding, right? And, and so in the same way, I think what we're thinking about is what is the long term? What, how are we investing in the long term? Let's not get overly focused on the, the short term prices. Let's not get focused on the short term competitive environment or anything like that. Let's just build the best experiences for our customers and everything's going to work itself out. 
And to be honest, if you told me something like this two years ago when we were in the depth of the crypto crypto winter, I would be like, oof. But when you see these cycles play out, they just work themselves out. It, it's a funny thing. And so everybody that we're trying to hire, everybody that we're trying to manage, we want them to be focused on the long-term future. That's fine. I'll take care of covering the wedding. I'll, I'll write about it, photograph it, everything else. Emily Choi of Coinbase, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you, Dan. Welcome back. What we'd normally be watching is taxes, because tomorrow is normally the day they're due. But this year, they're not, because of the pandemic. Well, kind of. Let me explain. So the IRS recently pushed back the deadline for individuals to file their federal tax returns from April 15th to May 17th. But there are two very big caveats here. First, if you make estimated tax payments, uh, maybe you're self-employed or high earner, the Q1 deadline for those payments is still tomorrow. Second, 36 states have followed the IRS's lead in extending their tax filing deadlines to May 17th, but the other 14 have a myriad of different rules. Some of them extend the deadline out even further. Maryland, for example, will let both individuals and companies file up until July 15th. But if you live in states like Hawaii or New Hampshire, you'd still better get your returns in by tomorrow. And we're done. Big thanks for listening. And to my producers, Naomi Shaven, Alex Sugiara, and Sabina Sangani. Have a great National Dolphin Day, and we'll be back tomorrow with another Axios Recap.